You're listening to KVMR-FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. It's 6 p.m. and it's time for the KVMR Evening News. I'm Claudio Mendoza. As Democrats and Republicans vie for control of Congress this midterm, Latino voters could make all the difference. Although the GOP has made inroads with Latino voters in some states, fewer California Latinos can be counted among their ranks. The California Report visits the Latino-majority 22nd Congressional District, where candidates are running to the center, hoping to secure their votes. After regional news and weather, Nell Ngoren sheds light on gasoline prices, and we close with a commentary by Shirley Frerichs. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. The Biden administration's online portal went live this week for student debt relief of up to $20,000. And as KQED's Taiki Hendricks reports, state and local officials are trying to get the word out to nearly 4 million eligible Californians. When the federal website rolled out, city officials in San Francisco were thrilled to find it would be easy to apply, says Amanda Freed at the treasurer's office. We're super excited to see how simple and streamlined the application was. She says the city aims to help the hardest hit borrowers, low-income folks carrying debt and often defaulting from degrees they couldn't complete. Our role as the city is going to be to really do a lot of targeted outreach to people who will likely qualify for this. And nonprofits, universities, and the state are launching multilingual campaigns to ensure Californians apply before the end of the year at studentaid.gov. For the California Report, I'm Tyke Hendricks. Latino voters could make the difference this midterm between Democrats maintaining control of Congress or Republicans seizing the gavel. While the GOP has made inroads for some Latino voters, especially in states like Texas, California Latinos have not swung as far to the right in recent years. But concerns about inflation and gas prices are playing big in California's Latino-majority 22nd Congressional District, where both candidates are running to the center. KQED's politics and government correspondent Marisa Lagos reports. The farm town of Delano, California, is located about two and a half hours northeast of Los Angeles. It's the kind of place many people spend their entire lives. It's already over 80 degrees on a Saturday morning, and Democrat Rudy Salas is sprinting to catch up with his float in the annual Harvest Parade in the center of the swing district. My parents graduated from Delano High. I went to Fremont. Like, this is home. (laughs) This is home. That's why we try to do everything that we can. Thank you. We'll be praying for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'll take them all. Salas grew up here, and many parade-goers greet him by his first name. The GOP incumbent, Congressman David Valadeo, was nowhere to be found this Saturday morning until you turn on the TV, where the attack ads against Salas are unrelenting and feature voters unhappy about the economy. Gas prices have almost doubled for me. I think it's almost tripled. $150. It's not a good feeling. It hurts a little more every time. We had a chance to lower the gas tax. Rudy Salas didn't back it. This district on paper is exactly the sort of pickup opportunity Democrats salivate over. It's the birthplace of the farm workers' labor movement. Latinos make up 59% of the district. And Democrats far outnumber Republicans. But those numbers belie how Democrats have struggled in a region where oil and agriculture are king. Republican Valadeo was also born and raised in this district. His family has farmed here for two generations. 
He's a relatively moderate Republican, one of just 10 who voted to impeach President Donald Trump after the January 6th insurrection. Meanwhile, Democrat Salas, a state assemblyman, has regularly broken with his party to vote with the oil industry. Mike Madrid is a longtime GOP consultant in California who focuses on the Latino vote. I do think that the most interesting thing about that district is it's probably more than any other in the country, really, is you're seeing both candidates crash to the center. That's in contrast to districts where Democratic candidates are running against the oil industry and Republicans are embracing Trump and the big lie. Madrid says while the majority of Latinos will go for Salas, this is a race that will be decided by a few points. So Democrats can't afford to lose any of their base. I don't think there's much of a message that Valadeo has there. Uh, Any Republican. Their job is to find as many Hispanics on the margin to peel off and hope that the Democrats can't turn out more than they can peel off. One Latino voter that the GOP has already peeled off is 56-year-old Vince Ruiz. Ruiz was helping his mom sell her art at a barbecue following the Harvest Parade. He feels abandoned by the Democratic Party on economic issues. My mom's a Democrat, but I turn Republican because their values, just regular economics, yeah, economics, jobs, and um, the economy, and then the deficit. The deficit's not even mentioned anymore. But not everyone blames Democrats. Voter Peter Nevre is 70 years old and says, while gas prices are important... No, I don't blame Rudy Salas. It's the way it is. You know, the gas price is going up because of the, the oil uh, industry. That's why. Nevre says he's known Salas for years and has seen all the good work he's done in the community. For him, that's enough to earn his vote. For The California Report, I'm Marisa Lagos in Delano. This story is a part of a project from the California Newsroom, a collaboration of California's public radio stations, NPR, and CalMatters. Support for the California Report comes from Paint Care. Now with 834 drop-off sites in California, where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. Stanford Healthcare, alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area. Now's the time to donate blood and make a difference. StanfordBloodCenter.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute. Coming this fall, the launch of research vessel Falcor 2, advancing the frontiers of ocean science and exploration on the web at SchmidtOcean.org. It's time for the players to get their rings. Here are your 2022 NBA champion Golden State Warriors. A night of celebration for fans at Chase Center last night as the Golden State Warriors got their championship rings. And there was even more reason to celebrate after they handedly beat the rival Los Angeles Lakers in their first game of the regular season, 123-109. Down at Petco Park in San Diego, Padres fans weren't so happy following Game 1 of the National League Championship Series. Here's Scott Fransky, Philly's play-by-play announcer. Swing yes. and a miss. He got him. And the ball game is over as Alvarado works around the walk and the error. And the Phillies have taken game one of the NLCS, a combined 2-0 shutout. The Padres were only able to muster one hit the entire game in the shutout loss. They'll look to turn things around this afternoon in game two of the NLCS in San Diego. 
And that's the California Report for Wednesday, October 19th. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. Remember, you can get all your daily statewide news on the California Report podcast. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. In local news, according to the Union of Grass Valley, U.S. Attorney Philip A. Talbert announced that Nathaniel Hubbard of Grass Valley pled guilty on Tuesday to a conspiracy to possess and distribute fentanyl, possession with intent to distribute fentanyl, and possession with intent to distribute heroin and methamphetamine. According to court documents, in June 2020, Hubbard conspired with Stephen Robinson of Granite Bay and others to possess and distribute fentanyl in Placer County. A search of Robinson's residence on June 2, 2020, resulted in the discovery of over 40 grams of fentanyl involved in this conspiracy. Then, on June 24, 2020, a probation search of two hotel rooms Hubbard had rented and a subsequent booking search of his person resulted in the discovery of methamphetamine, heroin, and additional fentanyl. Court documents state that Robinson and Hubbard were connected to at least one overdose of a victim who had been given medical treatment after using drugs purchased from Hubbard. On March 26, 2021, Robinson was sentenced to five years in prison for his role in the fentanyl trafficking conspiracy, and Hubbard is scheduled to be sentenced in January of next year. Hubbard faces a maximum statutory penalty of 20 years in prison and a $1 million fine for possession with intent to distribute heroin and fentanyl. Turning our attention to the forecast from the National Weather Service and air quality data from purpleair.com, For those in Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight clear with a low around 57. Thursday, sunny with a high near 84. Today's air quality is satisfactory with an AQI average around 28. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight mostly clear with a low around 36. Thursday will be sunny with a high near 71. Truckee's air quality is satisfactory with today's AQI average around 32. The National Weather Service has issued a special weather statement for the Truckee-Tahoe region for the weekend. Beginning Friday, a strong cold front may bring gusty winds and much colder conditions to the area. Gusts of 30 to 45 miles an hour are likely in the valleys, with gusts exceeding 50 miles per hour in wind-prone areas this Friday night into Saturday. Sierra Ridge tops could see winds up to 100 miles an hour. Highs this weekend will be 15 to 25 degrees lower than this week's warm weather, Widespread freezes are expected across nearly all areas Saturday night and Sunday night, with lows in the teens and 20s. Showers are expected Saturday from mid-morning into the evening. One to four inches of snowfall is possible across the Sierra Passes on Saturday and into Saturday night. Snow levels may reach those at 5,000 feet. And in Sacramento and Woodland, tonight mostly clear with a low around 56. Thursday will be sunny with a high near 87. Sacramento's air quality is acceptable, with possible risk to highly sensitive people, with today's AQI average around 60. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. If there's one thing everyone agrees on these days, it's that filling up your car or truck at the gas station has gotten painful. But why is gas so expensive and who's to blame? Is it President Biden, Governor Newsom, Congress, our state legislature? 
the oil companies, foreign countries, all of the above? Well, that's where people disagree. Up next, Nell Engeron focuses on the facts about the costs of gasoline. This past week in California, gas averaged $6.16 per gallon at the pump. What exactly is that $6.16 paying for? Where does that money go? Let's break it down. The biggest chunk, $2.30 or more than one-third of the price of gas, pays for the cost of crude oil. Another $1.50 of every gallon covers the costs and profits of the refineries that turn the crude oil into gasoline. Distribution, including to get the refined gasoline to you at the pump, marketing costs, and profits taken by oil companies and gas retailers make up another $1.50 per gallon. So about half of what you're paying at the pump goes to oil companies, refineries, and gas stations. Keep in mind this is not just to cover the actual costs of refining, transporting, and selling the gas to you, but also the profits that are taken by oil companies, refineries, and gas stations. We'll talk more about those profits shortly. Okay, so we've accounted for $5.30 of that gallon of gas that you're paying $6.16 for. That leaves $0.86. Cents. You can probably guess where that goes, to taxes. Federal taxes add about $0.18 cents per gallon of gas, and California state taxes add about $0.68 cents per gallon. Taxes are not only the smallest cost category, they also fluctuate the least. The federal gas tax hasn't changed in almost 30 years. The California state gas tax was raised this year by less than $0.03 cents per gallon. So to put that in perspective, if you buy 20 gallons of gas every week, it increased your cost by less than $0.60 cents per week. So why does the cost of gas you buy fluctuate so much at times like this? Well, it's complicated. First of all, the market in crude oil is extremely complex, affected by limits on production in order to maintain prices, and it's strongly affected by world events. For example, during the pandemic, the price for crude fell nearly 40% to $37 a barrel, while Russia's invasion of Ukraine this year has caused the price to skyrocket to $106 a barrel, because Russia is one of the world's largest exporters of oil. Many countries, including the United States, both import and export petroleum products to other countries for financial, supply, and transport reasons. Refinery costs also rise if, for example, Natural disasters disrupt their operations, as hurricanes do in several U.S. states with significant refining operations. Labor shortages and the rising expense of transporting both crude and gasoline also increase costs, which are then passed along to consumers. And let's not forget about those oil and gas company profits, which are also a major piece of the puzzle. ExxonMobil, Chevron, and Shell have all made record-breaking profits this year, in the tens of billions per fiscal quarter, even as Americans are struggling with inflation on essentials. So, what can be done about rising gas costs? This summer, President Biden suggested a three-month federal gas tax holiday, but neither Republicans nor Democrats in Congress supported the proposal. Why? Because drivers on average would have saved less than $25 in total over the entire summer, while funding for essential maintenance of highways and other infrastructure that the federal gas tax pays for would have fallen by a massive $10 billion. 
Here in California, Governor Newsom chose to issue inflation relief payments to broadly benefit all taxpayers rather than a fuel tax holiday that would benefit people who buy the most gas. Those payments of up to $1,050 have begun reaching Californians in the past week. And the bottom line is that California's state gas tax of $0.68 per gallon doesn't explain why gas costs as much as $2.50 more per gallon in California than it does in other states. Governor Newsom says there's, quote, nothing to justify these high costs, and he has vowed to take action, such as legislation that would limit the profits that oil companies can take on top of their costs. And last month, the California Energy Commission sent a letter to five major oil refiners demanding an explanation for why gas prices jumped 84 cents over a 10-day period, even as crude oil prices fell. Will something actually be done about this excessive profit-taking that affects all of us at the pump? It remains to be seen. That was Nell Ingron. Stay tuned for future segments, where she'll shed light on other topics that people are talking about. We close tonight with a commentary about reimagining democracy by Shirley Frerichs of Grass Valley. How are you doing with all the flurry around the elections? Whew, so much to think about, being pulled this way and that. What if we were to go deeper than the election to think about our bottom line democracy? Isn't that what we're really doing when we choose to vote or not vote? And what candidate will represent the desires of each of us? Who and what will uphold a moral vision for our democracy? President Lincoln said, politics divorced from conscience is fatal to this American experiment in liberty under law. We're privileged to live in a democracy where we can have a voice, at least through our representatives. We can vote our preferences, and yet historically, only about one-third of registered voters do vote in the midterms. What percentage of non-voters then grumble about what happens? We are a representative democracy, so we vote for the person or persons that we think will represent us best. But it's really up to each one of us to do the true work of democracy in our own lives, to bridge the divides and live the moral vision of our founders, to help actualize the opportunities and the mission of our democracy. Let's step out of the election flurry and look at the basic question of our democracy. What is it now relative to when it was begun in the United States 244 years ago? What was it supposed to be and do for we, the people? Is it working for you now? Times have changed and some needs are different, but principles remain solid. What do you want it to be? What do you want it to do for all of us in this community? If you were to reimagine and rework it for today's world, what would it look like? What are you willing to do and be to help further this experiment called democracy? Our world and our society are in major transition. Chaos and confusion are all around us. How do we keep the democratic principles alive as a sound foundation for this nation? How do we use them to bridge the divides and forge a strong path forward that will keep this country as a land of the brave and the free? What does freedom really mean for you and justice? The challenge is how to work with so many people, catch each with their own ideas and desires as the population has burgeoned dramatically. How to get into the, these people to listen to one another with open hearts and minds to come to understanding. A democracy needs to serve the needs of all or most of the people. 
not just one faction that can spend more out money and out talk the other. How do we ensure that happens? Economic competition has also been bred into us. Outdo, outspend, outown, and on and on. Tromp on others in, in the way to get market dominance. Is that the way you like to live? Is this part of democracy? Does it suit your values? Would an economic democracy be helpful to give more power to the people and the stakeholders? Where can we come together to salvage our democracy right along with salvaging our battered earth and its resources? They're both in peril and both need our attention. Lots of questions to contemplate. The answers are yours to come up with, but perhaps it's really more about questions than answers anyway. How can they make this democracy work for at least most of us? How can we come together to court a common goal of our best democracy, at least for now? How can we communicate and cooperate to make a good and happy life for the majority? Bottom line is to ask ourselves the questions, talk with others, then set intentions for ourselves and our democracy to live in it together. Together is the key word here. There's much work to be done to keep our democracy alive and to keep our planet alive so it can keep us alive since all we have comes from this amazing earth. Together, we can set positive intentions for the democracy we want. Forget the negative stuff and grumbles. Focus forward and live into what we want to see happen. In, not in our lifetimes, in the lifetime of our children and our grandchildren. We are part of this grand experiment. And with all its faults, it's still the best system in the world, I think. <laughs> democracy is not a spectator sport. You matter. Your vote matters. Your caring and allegiance to what democracy stands for is important. There will be a lively discussion on this subject Sunday, October 23rd from 4 to 5.30 in the Madeline Helling Library Community Room. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the speaker only and not necessarily those of KVMR, its staff, management, board, or contributors. That's our newscast for Wednesday, October 19th, 2022. KVMR gets support from generous listeners like you and from businesses like the Center for the Arts. Presenting Aquila Theater, Pride and Prejudice on stage this Wednesday, October 19th, and Ron Artist II and The Truth on Sunday, October 23rd. Tickets and information at thecenterforthearts.org. And Green Acres Nursery and Supply, reminding listeners that now is the time to plant fall vegetables. Plant cool season crops like Brussels sprouts, carrots, cauliflower, kale, leafy greens, and more. IDigGreenAcres.com KVMR will broadcast the Hangtown Music Festival beginning tomorrow, but we'll be back on Monday, where we'll focus on Measure V. I'm Claudio Mendoza. Thanks very much for listening, and have a great night.